A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Mustard Music Podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. I'm sitting here with Jason Lipschutz. What is up? Stuff. Uh, and Andrew Unterberger. Can't wait, can't wait to hear about that stuff. That's <laughs> oh, uh, it's all off the record stuff, mm. so can't really delve into it. Um, yeah, we got a, uh, a diverse, certainly cross-generational uh, array of <laughs> artists we'll be talking about um, on the podcast today. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how this... I think let's... Uh, Let's start with, um, I think it was, was this your pick, Jason? The Kanye and Lil Pump? It was not. That was Andrew. That was Andrew. All right. Actually, well, let, yeah. let's start with that. So, I mean, there's there's a lot going on yeah, there, here. There's, 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 there's quite a backstory, really. Uh, so I, I didn't see uh, Kanye's, it was, it was a hosting performance last night, or was he, he was... He's he, the creative director. He's, he's yeah, director, like I'm curated sorry. the yeah. Pornhub Awards. The Pornhub Awards, uh, a site that he's spoken of fondly on, on numerous occasions. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, so th- this, this, this came out late last night that he was doing this, uh, and also that there would be a, a song that would kind of drop as part of it. And it's a collaboration with the, uh, you know, the, the, the SoundCloud favorite rapper Lil Pump, uh, as well as executive producer Spike Jones and a, uh, Spike Jones, yeah. Spike Jones. <laughs> uh, and there was a song and video that released from it, uh, called I Love It, uh, not, not a... Not an icon of pop in Charlie XCX cover. I know. I was. I was hoping. Yeah. Uh, but what it is is a. Uh, well, it's it's a it's a it's a short song. It's a, it's a two minute song, <laughs> uh, beginning and ending with a sample from the comedian Amber Gibbons, uh, and it is Kanye, I guess, getting back to his kind of raunchier roots after a, a brief dalliance with politics. That uh, is, you know, less less spoken about the better. Uh, the the song. Uh, so it, it's interesting. I think a, a lot of people sort of. Or at least a lot of our coworkers, I, th- I think, uh, sort of uh, assumed to dismiss the song outright. And actually, we, we, we just had our, our Friday music meeting, and someone brought up the song, and every, uh, there was a kind of a, a loud groan from the room. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, as that groan started to dissipate, you heard these kind of pockets of people being like, oh, actually, I kind of like that song. And, 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 uh, and there were you know, two or three people like that, and I was one of them. Uh, th- I think this is actually, you know, I, I was talking to, to our coworker, Ross, about it, and I, I was saying, like, I would not have guessed if you told me at the beginning of the year that. Kanye would release a song with Lil Pump as part of the Pornhub Awards, <laughs> uh, with a, with the first line about can, can we curse on this podcast? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. The first line uh, being Lil Pump going, "You're such a fucking hoe," and it's the most likable thing Kanye West has done all year. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, it's is, not saying much though. Which is not saying much, but yeah. even still, it's saying something. And it's 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 a, it's a short song. It's very to the point. It's got a a, a a beat that doesn't try to do too much. 
and there's even like kind of a weird sort of feminist bent to it. I, I, I don't know how how consistent uh, he necessarily is with that message throughout the song, but it, you know, as I said, it starts with, with this Amber Given sample uh, mm. talking about the female orgasm. And in the video, which I think is a really interesting creative video, uh, they both play these kind of toddler versions of themselves in, in, in like David Byrne style, like two big suits. Mm-hmm. They're sort of following along. Amber Givens, who's very obviously leading them, and then they're they're kind of acting like children at, at, at her uh, at her feet. Uh, and I don't know. This, this is the version of Kanye that I, I, I can still sort of palate a little bit. It's it, it's it's very crude and, it, and it's very silly. And I, I, th- I thought he was going too far in this direction a couple years ago, but I guess I didn't realize, you know, how grateful I was to have that <laughs> and, until he started getting into the, all these sort of problematic political issues. And uh, this, this is actually Kanye at his most feminist, I think, which is, is still not very feminist, but it, it, it's it's, uh, it, it's it's closer to a message that I can sort of, I can sort of stomach. And I think the song is actually pretty pretty banging. And and, and being two minutes is a huge asset for this song because it couldn't have lasted a second longer and still been tolerable. I think that's I think. true. So, J- Jason, I feel like you're not feeling this one so much. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I don't really disagree with anything you said that it's, like, definitely more likable than everything he, else he's done this year uh, inside and outside of music. But mm-hmm. it's just, like, it just bums me out that the bar for Kanye, one of the, the greatest, like, hip-hop artists of all time, is so low that it's just, like, well, at least this song he did with Lil Pump isn't too long. Like, that's, like, that's <laughs> where we're at. It's, like... Well, it doesn't outstay its welcome and become intolerable after two minutes. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's just exhausting. I, I just, I, I don't even have, like, I don't have the energy to, like, actively like this. I guess that's where I'm at. That's fair. And I, I know you were with me and kind of not necessarily even, like, being super on board with the life of Pablo era and, yeah, like, the last couple of years of Kanye. Uh, but I, I think maybe it's that we've all sort of, kind of agreed at this point that maybe we shouldn't take everything Kanye says as gospel. Uh, yeah. The fact that, so the, the, that, that people aren't, I don't think people are going to be like putting these like lyrics from a song on t-shirts or like, you know, it, it's not yeah. going to, it's not going to have the same sort of cultural weight that Kanye of 2016 or 2013 or whatever other Kanye did that can, I can sort of, I, I, I don't, I don't feel the need to naturally recoil from it because I, I feel like now we all sort of understand who Kanye is a little bit better. Look, it, it, if there's one thing you know about me and my music taste is that my number one rule is is that I appreciate artists that don't take themselves too seriously. Sure. But I think that this is in the opposite end of the direction where he's just like, oh, yeah, creative directive, Pornhub, porn sure. <laughs> uh, sp- little pump song? I'll call Spike Jones for the video. Like It's just like it's so tiring and I, it just seems so directionless. And I, I just don't like – I don't have – like I said, I just don't have the mental – capacity to care about this at all joe where do you fall on this um yeah i I think i i'm probably leaning more towards jason's uh you know i think the song just taking the song for what it is uh it's fine it's enjoyable i think you're very right that like it's at two minutes it's like too short to really dislike it Mm -hmm. um you know i think there's like you mentioned kanye's feminism and i think that's like an always complicated self-conflicting thing where, you know, he has, um, you know, a woman talking about like the, the kind of growth in the public discourse about the female orgasm, which is a good thing. Um, but then you have Kanye, you know, basically for his part, he raps about he, what was it? I'm a sick fuck. I like a quick fuck. And he says it like six times. And it's just like, I'm not far be it for me to, to sex shame (laughs) someone, but like, it's just like TMI. Like I don't need to know this. And like, there's something like I guess disappointing, especially for an artist who, for most of his career, I consider to be one of my contemporary favorites. 
um, that like it seems like his two big talking points, like the things that he loves talking about really for the last two years have been Trump and porn. And again, like I said, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for like uh, porn positivity in a way that sure. uh, it gets shamed. But like it's it's pretty disappointing that like those are like of all the things mm. you could talk about at this point in history, that those are the two things that he's really jazzed about. Yeah, it's I like, would. What? I would I would almost say like I would respect it more if that he did have anything to say the interesting to say about porn positivity and he was just like and but you know if you go back to like you can literally look at the the his interest in Pornhub and this collaboration and then you go back a couple years to what he said about Amber Rose and how he had to take like a shit like multiple like a week long shower to get her right like it's just like there's there's such grossness and there's such dissonance and I obviously paraphrase that I don't (laughs) (laughs) I I watched that uh that uh, exact quote out of my mind, but I, I think that didn't take you a week, though. Yeah, it did not take me a week, but yeah, I just there's, but that's I guess that's my point. It's just like I I don't have I don't have time for this. Well, here's my, my my final question about this: If this had been a song by Lil Pump and Tyga, how would you feel about it? Um, I probably would have liked it more. I mean, that's the thing is like it just wouldn't have had the baggage of of mm-hmm. being like a Kanye West song with a Spike Jones video, <laughs> but you know. I think that's a fair point, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know if I'd still be like, oh, wow, I'm going to return to this. <laughs> also, well, Tiger probably wouldn't take time out of his busy yeah. schedule to, to shame his girl for uh, pretending to like sparkling water over still water. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's <laughs> true. We all have our <laughs> pat personal passions. Um, all right, well, let's listen to it. Uh, so, yeah, Kanye and Lil Pump. The song is called I Love It, not an iconic pop cover. <laughs> Such a fucking hoe, I love it. You're such a fucking hoe, I love it. You're such a fucking hoe, I love it. Your boyfriend is a door, make love I just pulled up in the ghost, fuck that bitch up out in London. Alright, that was New Kanye and Lil Pump. Um, let's go, let's talk about a Kanye West collaborator, uh, but a radically different song. Uh, so we have a new album from Paul McCartney. Oh, (laughs) I I know where you were looking and you're like, where are you going with this? Yeah, I did not know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so new, this, this is actually a very, a a Paul heavy podcast. We're going to talk about the, uh, the other Wait, are they? Yeah, they're both in their 70s. The other septuagenarian they, rocker. She must be. Uh, Paul Simon later. Um, but yeah, so uh, so new Paul McCartney album. It's called Egypt Station. Uh, before I dig into uh, the particular songs that I wanted to highlight, um, I just want to say I'm a lifelong, like my, I grew up, you know, my dad is a Beatles obsessive and also a solo Paul McCartney obsessive. So I grew up with not just listening to Beatles albums over and over, but uh, the vast majority of the Wings catalog and a lot of the solo records like uh, Flaming Pie and Flowers in the Dirt. So, um, and, you know, your parents play things and certain artists you resonate with and you grow up to uh, have part of your, you know, canon of favorites and other ones you kind of toss off and you're like, oh, that's lame. I hate this. Uh, McCartney for me is someone I've, you know, even probably not more than my dad, but I like deeply adore. Like I, it's not just a nostalgia thing. I think his 21st century output has been really more consistent in a lot of ways than what he was doing in the 70s and 80s. I mean, he did a lot of classics in the 70s, but the Wings output was pretty spotty and quality wise could be real up and down. 
Um, I think with the exception of the Kisses on the Bottom, mostly covers album that he did oh, yeah. six years ago, everything that he's done for the last 20 years has been a real, like, you know, remarkable, like, you know, at least four out of five star type album. Sure. Um, and, you know, and that's that's wild. You don't usually get people of his age uh, who are delivering that consistently. The Stones just don't make new music anymore. I mean, I know they have a new album that's allegedly been coming out for like three years. Um uh, you know, Dylan is on his third Sinatra covers album at this point. <laughs> um, there's just not people from his generation. And, you know, the other one we'll get to Paul Simon later. His new album is not really a new album. It's redone versions of old songs. So there's just like no one of his age group, you know, no 60s uh, rockers still doing it who are making new music that's still like vital and relevant. Uh, so in a lot of ways, he's last man standing. Uh, and anyway, yeah, so, so Egypt Station is this very uh, kind of stylistically diverse, weird album, uh, a concept record where he's described it as each song is like a stop at a different train station, uh, the very Paul McCartney approach to an album. It's just, it's just so like goofy and like, like silly and just, you know, you can't like listen to that description without smirking and kind yeah. of being like, oh, Paul. Um, it's one of those like conceptual descriptions is like you, you can try to look for it if you want over the course of the album, but you don't really it does, it's, it's not really integral to the. Yeah, it's the a album. very like Paul McCartney concept album, much like Sgt. Pepper's where it's like, yeah, it's like technically a concept record. But that concept is a very slight thing that like kind of falls apart halfway through and then yeah. gets picked up at the very end. Uh, but anyway, so the ones I wanted to talk about is the very last track. Uh, which is three different songs in one, which is one of the, you know, Paul McCartney is the, the best in best in the genre of uh, medleys, of classic rock medleys. Uh, it's Hunt You Down, Naked, and Sea Link. Um, Hunt You Down is this really love, it's, it's uh, you know, it says like what I want my McCartney to be, like experimental, like it, it's kind of like a good time, like swaggery stomping rocker, but there's like these weird electronic bleeps going on it's a little bit like mccartney 2 his underrated techno album from pre-techno techno album from 1980 uh and then it goes into naked which is this like staccato piano tune and then it goes into sea link which is this real lazy bluesy number um that kind of just like you know the album like goes out with a whimper but in like the best possible way um and then the other one I, I wanted to shout out is Despite Repeated Warnings, which is kind of this similar, like a kind of McCartney symphonic, medley, yeah. symphonic McCartney medley that's, you know, it, you know, simul- that's one point it's very grand and uh, expansive. And then it goes into these much smaller moments, like in vaguely a day in the life-ish in that sense. Uh, but I feel like I'm just... Uh, blabbering at this point what, what do you think about this andrew no i i like both these songs a lot i like the album a lot. i listened to it for the first time this morning uh yeah i mean you know the, and i don't like to invoke band on the run lightly because there's only one band on the run but uh it's it's, it's it's always great when you can get the, these kind of paul mccartney songs that that go unexpected places and kind of take these mid-song transitions into entirely new like, like weather systems almost and, mm-hmm. and the uh the uh, despite repeat warning song, like it kind of ha- it has this like a, has like a, a narrative to it. It's, it's this sort of like uh, like half mutiny on the bounty, half Sleep John B. <laughs> like it, it's, yeah. it's and it's, it's fun to follow along with. It. So the story kind of gives it a consistent through thread, even as the music kind of shifts dramatically around it. I love that. 
Uh, I love music, when the, when very the, dramatic music. Oh yeah, here. yeah. Uh, I love when the horns kick in, and then yes. the third part, uh, and I and I love uh, the, the first part of the closer with the you know it's got the that kind of seventies cowbell groove, mm-hmm. and I, I just kind of love like saucy Paul McCartney in general. Yeah, like when when he gets a little rockin', when he gets a little uh, frisky with the vocals, you know. That, yes. That, the the other I think uh, most notable song on this album is probably the Ryan Tedder collaboration that's been been out for a little while yeah. and uh, certainly made some waves on the internet. Uh, the fuck you. Fu you, yeah. I just wanna fu you, yeah. yeah. Say a little falsetto there, Joe. Come on, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that, that one, uh, you know, some people weren't so thrilled about it because it was it was a little, you know, a little bit maybe a little uh, too trying to play with the kids for for some people's tastes. But I, I thought I, it was very cheeky yeah. and fun. Yeah. I, I love when he just goes for it. Uh, I love that he seems to still care. Uh, I love that like he's still making, he's still very clearly making the albums that he wants to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seventy six years old. A lot of people. 40 years younger than him aren't even doing that. Uh, and I love that, you know, he never seemed to lose the, lose the love. He still still loves music, still loves life, still happy to be the guy who wrote Hey Jude 50 years ago. Like, uh, it's <laughs> yes. great. Yeah, mission all about the new Paul McCartney album. Yeah. Do you... Do you I do um, agree with that. Look, I'm obviously not like a scholar like you guys are in when it comes to McCartney stuff, but I, I do think that I agree that you, listening to this and even his last... A couple albums, which I think were a little uneven. Um, I you do still feel the passion, like e- even even doing stuff like the the kind like you you made like passing reference to the Kanye stuff, like the fact that he is is out here wanting to collaborate with uh, contemporary artists speaks to like the lack of a stodginess that I think I it should be appreciated. And he, and look, I I don't think like I uh, listening to these songs, I don't I don't like think that they're they're going to like remain but i do think like he's taking chances with them and i appreciate that i i think fair enough i i kind of disagree though about the remain thing I, when i was listening to this album and i'm gonna write something on dot com hopefully today um i i do think i listening to this as a cohesive work i feel like this will be something that like down the road you will return to in terms of like the mccartney canon just like you know Something an album like Flaming Pie or maybe Flowers in the Dirt aren't gonna they're never gonna replace the Beatles, but like as a fan, I still will put those on every now and yeah. again. Like I think they're real solid albums. I think this kind of might fall into that category. There's a kind of a, a ramshackle goofiness to it that Ooh. I like, but I think pa- that paired with old Paul's like very workhorse like approach to things, which I think is different than Young Paul. I think Young Paul could be a little lazy when he hit the studio. A little, a little aloof. Perhaps. A little aloof. Yeah. Like I think he's very like he he shows up, he delivers that song and, you know, he puts on a nearly three hour concert. Like I think he's uh he's kind of combined his wackier tendencies with a real workhorse like quality in his later years that is very satisfying, I oh, think. Totally, totally agreed. All right, well, let's do some of uh, some of that mutiny on the HMS Bounty realness, <laughs> uh, despite repeated warnings. Here it is. Despite repeated warnings Of dangers up ahead The captain won't be listening To what's all right, that was uh, that was a lot about Paul McCartney. Uh, let's let's do uh, someone not quite as old, uh, Dua Lipa. <laughs> she, yeah, I think McCartney's got a couple years on. He's Dua Lipa. a couple years on. Old soul though, that Dua Lipa. 
Yeah, kind of. So, so wait, before we get to this, is like what? There's like Dua Lipa, Diplo, Silk City. Who else is du- on there? Dua Lipa. So Mark Sil- Ronson. Yeah, Mark yeah. Ronson and, and Diplo, Silk City is their, yeah. is their thing. Yeah. Um, so this is like basically uh, the new Silk City song featuring Dua Lipa. It's kind of, for Dua Lipa's purposes, it's, it's kind of her follow-up uh, to the, the Calvin Harris song, One Kiss, which... Uh, we've talked about. Uh, did we talk about? I think we talked about it on this podcast. Maybe. I think we did. Maybe. Um, Put it down for a maybe. But basically, what uh, Dua Lipa is doing in the interim between albums is hopping on as as a featured vocalist with these superstar uh, DJs and. Um, actually, not even between albums. In between first album and repackage of her first album, which is coming in October. But I. Um, I, so the song is electricity, um, and it's it's really likable. I think that uh, you know, listening to the song a few times, I don't think it has that immediate hook that One Kiss does, and um, I think that that is really the biggest knock against it. I, I like you know I, I think the production is really interesting. The outro is is kind of cool. I think Dua handles this song really well. I think it kind of misses that like huge huge chorus that you kind of need for something like this but everything else is is kind of firing on all cylinders here i i described it yesterday as a uh as like a song that plays at a wedding that no one really recognizes but everybody enjoys and dances to like it's just and i say that no one recognizes it because it doesn't have that big like uptown funk hook it doesn't have the the one kiss hook um and it's funny because you you know uh dua lipa's huge breakout new rules doesn't really have a chorus either it's more about like the the pre-chorus bridge and uh and then you kind of have like this nonchalant chorus part um that's more instrumental than anything but um yeah i like it what what do you guys think well i i I totally agree with your description of like the 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 unknown wedding favorite i think that's a perfect way to put it uh i actually do think i think the chorus you know it isn't an immediate knockout but it kind of loops at the end a little bit and by the time like the song by the time the song kind of reaches its close i'm like like it sort of sort of seeps its way in there okay like uh and uh i i think it's actually like a a pretty pretty great chorus by the end but uh but i but i I totally agree with that and i think this is just a great mode for dua lipa i think doing no I'm a huge early '90s Diva House fan. Yeah, Black Box, UC Peniston, Robin S, people like that. Like, uh, and uh, she cl- clearly seems to have internalized the lessons from from, from that era pretty well. And uh, and I'm just all about the uh, the pop stars kind of in, in these in between stages, just just keeping themselves out, keeping themselves out there, keeping their songs on the yeah. radio, having new songs to play live, having new songs to perform at award shows. It's kind of the uh, like the Justin Bieber and Rihanna model from a couple of years ago. And I think it's so much fun. And I, I, I'm, I'm glad that she's out here like this. You know, one, one thing I will say about that and something that I did think about this uh, with this song is like, th- like Dua Lipa like is the it girl right now. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that these, these uh, like people like Mark Ronson, Calvin Harris, Diplo all want to work with her and, and release their collaborations as like big marquee singles i think like it shows that she has a, a lot of cachet right now in the pop world yeah it, it's it's totally mutually beneficial for for all these yeah. these, these djs who, who need a big name to and a big vocal to kind of help sell their songs it's great for dua and it's definitely great for us the uh the radio listeners yeah so. joseph the radio listeners Wait, or, I'm sorry, the wedding yeah. Attendees, yeah. The, the spotify streamers yeah keep that on beat yeah get my ham radio out um <laughs> Yeah, no, I like this. Uh, I I think it has a great um, 
you know, it, there's like a throwback quality to it. You know, it definitely has like a Mark, you know, I guess like a number of Mark Ronson productions. Like it has a sheen that is definitely 21st century, but but the inspiration is clearly, uh, you know, anything from the sounds of the late 70s to the mid 90s. Uh, and this has a great kind of Studio 54 post-disco dance feel to it uh, that I dig. And I think she sounds really comfortable with it. Um, and I, I don't have much to add. Uh, I, I agree that it's kind of like that um, that song that immediately makes you want to dance, even if you don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, and sure, it doesn't have like the knockout like hook, but I think it's consistently, I don't know, sort of irresistible. It's engrossing, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's engrossing, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I dig it. Uh, and let's listen to it's uh, Silk City, which is Mark Ronson and Diplo with Dua Lipa, and it's called Electricity. Falling into you, baby, even electricity can't compare to what I feel when I'm with you. Oh, baby, giving up my ghost for you, now I'm seeing through you, give me a feel. All right, that was new Dua. Um, let's do new Meek Mill and Ti. This is a oh no, wow, back to back Jason. Right? <laughs> I've yeah. met, usually you uh, you like to space mine out because they're snake draft style. This they're time. too they're too hot. Um, my picks that is <laughs> yeah. You really have to space them out in the show. Yeah, I didn't mean yeah. to throw you off there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, Ti and Meek Mill released a new single uh, called Hefe, and um, I, I I really like the song. I, I listened to it a couple times since it came out. And um, um, Andrew, you are you shaking your head? No, no, oh, no phew. I I was I I well I want to hear I'm your reaction. I'm, I'm 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 listening to it in my head already, and I'm I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> here popping. Yeah, <laughs> the sideways Bob, as they call it. Um, the the main thing here to me that's really interesting and you know it, the, the song itself is is a, a pretty standard uh uh rap collaboration but i ti just sounds so ferocious on this song like he this is the hungriest i've heard ti sound in in maybe years like i he like you don't even really recognize him at first and, and obviously he comes second after meek mill and meek mill kind of does his thing and he's kind of in standard operating mode but T.I. just sounds like so like invigorated on the song and and I, I really appreciated that like T.I. Um, just signed to a new label he signed to Epic Records um, it's funny because I was thinking about how this is right now the 10 year anniversary of the fall that T.I. was just freaking everywhere with whatever <laughs> you like and uh, and uh, live your life sure. with Rihanna yeah. like those songs were just impossible to escape um and you know obviously i think that's obviously his commercial apex he's he's lingered around in in different forms and fashions and uh different projects over the past couple of years um but you know i'm i'm this is like the first ti song in a minute that i've i've been really excited about so i wanted to throw it out there yeah i think i mean i i'll be honest i was really surprised like how good it was mm-hmm. and how much i enjoyed it like the production i mean it's just like crazy like the the Spanish horns like have such a yeah. Like, I didn't really talk about the boisterous yeah. quality to it, um, and yeah, and I think maybe it's just that the music has it's just so like it grabs you and it doesn't let up and it just like keeps pushing forward, um, and it's very like I said, there's kind of a boisterous quality to it, but it's also very fun. I guess there, there's swagger. There's a lot yeah. of swagger here, um, and maybe that's why Ti seems so involved. Uh, 
than you know he has maybe on other projects in the past or maybe maybe it's just you know kind of putting that reality tv thing in the past <laughs> yeah. you know he's got more focus i don't know but uh well he's he's certainly like an elder statesman in in hip hop at this point and i think is that so strange though i th- when i got the press release about the I was like, they were calling him like legendary. I was like, he's not been around that long. Like, how yeah. veteran? Can you, veteran can you be an elder yeah. statesman after like basically ten? Like, it seems yeah, like he's been we're, like seventeen or eighteen years. I would we're say. like preliminarily retiring him <laughs> at this point. Like old man Ti. Old man. Well, you know what? He's had what probably thirteen, fourteen albums at this point. Ooh, I, I don't know if it's that many, but it's 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 a lot. And maybe maybe thirteen, fourteen albums and EPs combined. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of like the mixtapes. Like yeah. But anyway, what do you think? Andrew. Yeah, I've also, I mean, it might say T.I. and Meek Mill on the official credit for this song, but to, to me, this is a Bangladesh number first and foremost. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Uh, producer of Lil Wayne's Amelie and uh, Rihanna's Cockiness and a couple others. Gucci Mane's Lemonade, Gucci, of course. Really? I, I, yeah, I, of course. I should have known that, but I didn't. All right. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, now if we're talking about legends, I, I, think, uh, I think Bangladesh enters in the discussion before T.I. does. But, oh. yeah, look. Wow, I was not ex- I was not excited to hear this song until I heard the, the Bangladesh uh, producer ID like twenty okay. seconds into the track, and then I was like, "Oh, all right, now we're getting somewhere." Okay, uh, and it lives up to it. You know, you guys mentioned the horns; it's a very, it's a very kind of unexpectedly mm. uh, you know, funky production. Uh, I, I, I was I was very into it. Uh, I, I don't remember a ton about the raps; so I only listened to it once. But uh, yeah, they both sound energized over it. It's it's it's, it's an invigorating listen, certainly. Uh, yeah, I'm about it, and I, I think. Uh, do you guys know who does like the, like the little the spoken word intro at the beginning? I think I, I saw somebody say it was Dave Chappelle. I wouldn't recognize. Him I myself. think I I heard Dave Chappelle too, but mm-hmm. maybe a listener can. But maybe a listener can yeah. steer us. Tweet out Billboard. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, it looks like this will be his tenth album, like tenth proper album. album. Okay. That, is, that is a lot. Yeah. But Elder Statesman. Yeah. Whatever. We're, we're quibbling over. Oh, we also just can't. We can't talk about the 2008 Ti this much without mentioning the recently passed 10 year anniversary of the one and only Swagger like us. Yeah, of uh, course. Uh, which I was worried you were going to bring that. Which up. included the four biggest rappers in the world at the time: yep. Jay Z, Kanye West, Lil Wayne, and Ti. Yeah. He, he was one of them. Yeah, he was massive, and I, I'll never forget that. Uh, that Grammys performance with uh, a very, 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 <laughs> pregnant, very pregnant MIA. She saved that. Yeah, <laughs> that song is not great, she, and she made that performance. Work, she, she certainly, definitely. she certainly did. Although, shout out to Lil Wayne's scarf in that performance, which was just a dynamite <laughs> scarf. Shout out to Lil Wayne's scarf. <laughs> All right, uh, I don't think there's any way to no, <laughs> better well, than that. Move on. Uh, so it's uh, Meek Mill T.I. New song is Hefe, pronounced by Bangladesh. Let me welcome you, get introduced to the king. Bitney Ferrari, brand new and they clean. So disappointed when niggas all shit on their record. You see them, don't do anything. Okay, killing these niggas with more and before. Been starting to shine and back in the 90s. I'm about to forget it. The Glock in my pocket remind you. Plug the whole city behind me. Spent hundreds of thousands, no millions of diamonds in Philly. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, that is new Meek Mill and TI. Um, we've got, what do we got? A couple things left here. Let's do, uh, let's do the other Paul. Let's do the other Paul. So we've got Paul Simon. Uh, new album, In the Blue Light. Uh, it is 10 songs. He's taken 10 deep cuts uh, from his catalog. I'm I'm not as much of a Paul Simon obsessive as I would be McCartney, but I'm pretty familiar with the vast majority of his catalog. Um, when I looked at this track list, I didn't recognize one of the songs. Like, I was like, <laughs> what? And I, when, when, then when I read more about it, I was like, okay, that's on this album that mm-hmm. I, I have and have listened to. And, you know, but they're definitely like he even describes in the liner notes he's basically like these are songs that i thought it didn't get quite right the first time around and i'm redoing them um the one i picked is from rhythm of the saints which is which was actually a pretty big ish deal at the time uh it kind of has gotten forgotten you know it, it followed graceland which is probably his mo- certainly his most uh acclaimed combination of acclaimed and successful sure. albums and you know it's an all-time classic like a really just like a flawless uh work that has aged pretty well especially i think considered to a lot of his 70s classics um still crazy after all these years there goes rhyme and simon great albums but the production definitely a little soft rock uh that seems maybe a bit too slight to modern listeners uh anyways i'm really getting off topic or off uh topic but so the one i picked is from rhythm of the saints it's called can't run but uh, <laughs> this one, uh, I, I really think so. The, the new version is very cool. So Rhythm of the Saints was a very similar to the world beat uh, influenced Graceland. Uh, this included basically for Graceland. He did a lot of that with South African musicians. Uh, Rhythm of the Saints was with a lot of Brazilian musicians. Um, and the original of Can't Run, but it just has a lot of polyrhythms and it's a fantastic instrumental performance. But um, the instrumentals totally overwhelm the vocal, and that's not a bad thing. Like honestly, I think the you could make the case that you know it was that the kind of Brazilian the presence of the Brazilian musicians that made that album work, not the lyrics. Um, but you know, for whatever reason, Paul Simon has decided he wants to redo it. So gone are the Brazilian polyrhythms, and instead we have this kind of like Philip Glass esque uh, minimalist combination of like very. Uh, nervous uh, kind of strings that kind of like play all over the place, step on each other's toes. Love those nervous strings. <laughs> Gotta love those nervous strings. Uh, some woodwinds. It's a very sparse production, uh, but very interesting. Uh, you know, this is just, this is kind of a one of the, the great songwriters of the last half century uh, recasting his material. He's looking at a song and deciding, oh, you know, instead of this style, what if I put it in this style? And it's, you know, kind of one of those... Uh, great guessing games that you know rock or really any music fans like to play they're like oh what if this person instead of working with this producer had worked with this person uh and we're kind of getting that here we're seeing you know what if paul simon instead of you know using the the sounds of brazil what if he had done you know the minimalist philip glass approach and that's kind of what this this song is 
Uh, what, what do you think of it? Yeah, uh, so I had actually never heard this song before. Like, I'm, I'm very much just like a Greatest Hits in Graceland kind of Paul Simon fan, very casual. Uh, so I, I listened to the Rhythm of the Saints version first. I was familiar, familiarized myself with it, and I, I would have sworn that that was the modern version. Like, it, to me, it sounded very like crisp and, and, and very like interestingly ornately produced in, in kind of like a way that would have almost made sense in 2018. Mm-hmm. So I, I was impressed with that one, first of all. But I, but I also liked the, the, the re-recording. I, th- I thought that... You know, it's 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 a little more stripped down, but it's still, as I said, it's still very busy and it's still very in, uh, involving. And I, I I don't know, like I, I'm more just just kind of impressed by the song in general, uh, and, and I, I want to go back to both versions of it. So I, before I kind of get the context for the for the re-recording, I want to go listen to, right. to some rhythm rhythm of the saints and sort of uh, understand where it's coming from a little bit more first. Yeah, no, that's a really solid album, and yeah. the first track on it, the obvious child inspiration for you know the film, song? obvious child, another great, uh, really fascinating rhythmic song. Uh, yeah, it's just cool. I think that's the nice thing about this album is just that it's kind of like it's fun, new Paul Simon, and simultaneously you're like, oh, I should like go and back and revisit some of these these other ones. Yeah, buried treasures catalog. there from from uh, Ryman Simon. Buried. Has he has he said that this is his last album? It's not, right? Sort of. He said that he's he's retiring from touring right. after this month, and he said that he's basically. Not he hasn't written a new song in two years. And he just doesn't feel like it. He is not. He's not said like I will never make an album again. But he said, you know, I think he's at this point seventy six, and he said, I just want to, you know, tour the world, and I want to ponder the mysteries of life. I have no interest. <laughs> full time in job. Returning the to of the life. studio anytime soon. So it, it's kind of a soft close. Mm. Uh, and there is something very strange about you know like making your last album just like kind of re recordings of old stuff. That's, yeah, it's an odd move. Uh, sorry, I know I've been giving a lot of shout-outs already, but i got to give one more uh, to, to my guy, the third Paul, to release an album this Friday. Paul <laughs> Paul Carrick, uh, silent Hot 100 legend, uh, vocalist on a number of hits of the 70s and 80s for other bands, uh, Ace, Squeeze is Tempted, uh, Mike and the Mechanics, The Living Years, Hot 100 number one. Uh, he released a new album called These Days uh, today. Wait, and, really? Yeah, There's three, three Pauls. Three Rock Pauls? Three Rock wow. Pauls. Arguably the three greatest Rock Pauls, you know? That is wild. I did so, not know that. Uh, That's crazy. And uh, yeah, I recommend the first track, uh, Amazing. It's, it's a nice, smooth, kind of 80s yacht rock uh, sort of thing. Uh, if that, that's your bag, and I know it is sort of for you, Joe, yeah. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Man, I'm thrilled that there are three classic rock Pauls <laughs> releasing now. Where are you at, Anka? Yeah, yeah. really. Step, step up here. Um, all right. Well, let's listen to it. It's uh, Can't Run But from Paul Simon's new album. I can't run, but I can walk much faster than this can't run but. I can't run, but I can walk much faster than this can't run but. A cooling system burns out in the Ukraine. Trees and umbrellas protect us from the new rain. All right, next and last, uh, Lauren Daigle. Uh, this is an Andrew Pick. Uh, the song is called Look Up Child. And uh, take it away. Yeah, so uh, I think you guys both know that I'm a very diligent uh, New Music Friday listener. Uh, yes. And one of the always interesting parts of the New Music Friday ex- uh, experience to me is when you get about 70% in and the uh, the contemporary Christian songs start. <laughs> yeah. You usually get two or three uh, a playlist. They usually, you know, the artists usually have like Worship in the Name or mm-hmm. United or... And, and, yeah, and, Hillsong, and, and, one yeah, of the and, various Hillsong iterations. Often Hillsong related. Sometimes they have oceans in there, whatever. But uh, they, they seem to be 
uh, you know, kind of bubbling up in the mainstream space in the last year or two in a way that they haven't, you know, in a while, since maybe since the 90s, I think. Uh, and Shattered Amy Grant. Shattered Amy Grant, uh, sure. And the I would say the, the kind of the leading light of this movement is this, this artist named Lauren Daigle, who, uh, you know, I think had some success on the Christian charts uh, mm-hmm. for the last half decade or so. has been on songs with other Christian stars of, of, of various renown. But she had a song uh, a couple of months ago called You Say, which uh, is very, it, it sounds very much kind of like uh, like an Adele ballad. Like, so mm-hmm. yeah, the, the piano intro is very much like someone like you. Uh, but obviously it's, it's, it's about, you know, it's, it's about God or and Jesus uh, rather than a kind of sort of a romantic love. Yep. Uh, and it had kind of an unprecedented, uh, you know, commercial bow. I think it was like, it might've been the top selling song of the week. It, uh, debuted in the fifties on the hot 100 and it's actually still lingering there now. So she's, she's actually having a pretty pronounced success with it. Uh, and then today I think her, her album finally came out and it's also called look up child. Uh, and this song, I think, was actually like uh, the fifth or sixth song on the New Music Friday playlist. It was really making her way mm. up in the world, uh, Lauren Daigle. And again, it's it's, it's very Adele. Like the first when it came on my Super playlist, I, I, yeah. I, I thought like like no, she can't possibly have a new song. I, I would have heard about this weeks ago. Uh, but it, you know, it sounds more like Adele circa "Semi Love to Your New Lover," and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a little uh, it's got got more of a bounce to it. It's more of a pop song that you might actually hear on the radio. Uh, and I, I'm just fascinated to see where she goes from here. I, th- I think she, she's a, she's a very strong vocalist. Obviously, she's she's a pretty smart songwriter. Uh, seems to be working with the right people, and it, it'll be interesting to see if, we, if she can kind of have like that sort of Amy Grant style crossover success. Yeah, I, I feel like she really could. I mean, I'm just by virtue of working here and and uh, working with writers who specialize in Christian music. I've, I've been aware of her for a few years. Uh, certainly, if if that had not been the case, I don't think I would have because her name really yeah. has just been bubbling into the mainstream recently. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you could easily, and I did listen to the song, uh, and not realize that there's a a Christian element to it at all. I mean, I'm assuming the child in question is the holy child. Well, no, I think it's more that you're supposed to look up to the heavens, you know, for guidance. Oh, you're the child looking up. When when you're, when you're down and in trouble sort of thing. Well, so the whole like child thing, that's a little religious. If if you read the lyrics on paper, it's pretty obvious that it's religious themed to both Mm -hmm. this and you say, and I'm sure any number for other songs. But yeah, when you're listening to it, it it would take, you you have to really be concentrating to sort of be able yeah. to tell the difference between this and any number of top 40 hits. Yeah, I mean, it's a very soulful, impressive vocal. Mm-hmm. The song is just, is pretty flawlessly constructed. I def- I really liked it. I have to say it made me think maybe I'm a Lauren Daigle yeah, fan. it made you a believer, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I really, in- I, like, really enjoyed this song. Yeah. Um, and... Um, you know, like you say, you mentioned Adele. Like it, it has that kind of same same type of balladry, and she, yeah, her, her vocals are really impressive. I don't really have much to add. Mm-hmm. I just like I definitely enjoyed it. It's like an an adult contemporary with a little side of Christianity. Well, it's also just interesting because while Adele's gone, there's really nobody else to take her place. Like there's no like second place Adele to kind of take the audience that that it would be wanting of a 28 or 29 or whatever number we're up to at this point. So it, it's it's really like right, it's sort of Sam Smith, sort but, of Sam Smith, yeah. but he, but uh, you know he he's sort of on the wane rather than than on the rise, and it, it seems like well, sorry Sam Smith, I like your new song with Calvin Harris, but uh, it's good, yeah, yeah. Promises is really good, but like it it does seem like there there is there is a market for the taking for an artist like totally. Lauren Daigle, and it'll be interesting to see how 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 far she continues to rise to that. Yeah. yeah, and I mean Christian artists do sell a lot. I feel like it's an under under kind of known. Genre, that's maybe a weird way to put it. Um, it doesn't get a lot of... It's an of, underserved genre. Yeah, it's an yeah. underserved genre. P- 
people do buy it. You know, whenever Lecrae puts out an album, sure. it tends to top the Hot 100 or not the Hot 100, the uh, Billboard 200. Yep. And there's always in media this collective like, who is Lecrae? What's going on? <laughs> but it's like, but people listen to this and people love this stuff. And it, I think it just doesn't get the same media looks uh, that probably are deserved based on the listenership. Uh, and yeah, and uh, this is great. And I like that we began the podcast talking about porn and now we're finishing <laughs> it speaking about uh, a Christian leaning track. The, the so, duality of man here on Western Exactly. Music, yeah. We started out with a Saturday night, those uh, Saturday night tequila shots, <laughs> and now we're doing the, the next morning uh, repentance. Church, yeah. um, all right, well, let's listen to it. It's Lauren Daigle. The song is called Look Up Child. Where are you now when darkness is to end? Where are you now when the world is crumbling? Oh, I, I, I hear you say, I hear you say, look up, child. Uh, that was we got. That was that was a, a weird mix of stuff. Yeah, uh, I, I like it. There, yeah. yeah, I would say that the Lauren Daigle and the Ti Meek Mill song Hefe have a lot in common. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. You just got to kind of look beyond the surface. Yeah, there. yeah, come on. Anyway, all right. That was a fun <laughs> <one>. <laughs> um, I could yeah, well whatever. Yeah, I feel like she like honestly though like put give her like she needs like a duet or like a feature with a rapper and then yeah. that's gonna be her like well, maybe the next time a Dua Lipa isn't available like that the big yes. uh, British yeah DJs are let's go Daniel, yes, you know exactly. really rise up here yeah <laughs> I mean there there's a big history or yeah of like yeah. dance producers tapping gospel vocalists I mean that could be I know she's not gospel yeah. but you know it's a similarity hit us up Mark Ronson we can make it happen yeah, yeah. all right. Anyways, uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with whatever's out next week. I forgot. Uh, yeah, we got some cool fall stuff coming up. I'm not sure exactly next week, but yeah, got some big. No more Pauls though. I think we're out. Of no Pauls. more Pauls. Uh, Probably no one over seventy. Yeah. But promise, no promises. Never know. Um, all right. Well, thank you for listening, uh, Andrew. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. And uh, Jason, thanks as always. Yeah, of course. And man. we'll catch y'all next time. All right. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.